Good afternoon, everyone. Hope you're good. Friday. Friday feeling. Last week, I said I struggled to have a Friday feeling because it was Friday the 13th in 2020, and I thought bad things were going to happen, but we managed to get through that, and hopefully we'll get through this one too. Another great week on the show. Thank you so much for those of you that are contributing on a regular basis, and those especially feeding back afterwards. It's been interesting to have a little look. We got to 50, 55 shows. I thought, let's have a little look at some of the stats, and it's feeling increasingly worthwhile to keep in touch with you this way, and, and tidying up some of my social media use to be able to not just... Uh, succumb to the clickbait and comments we, we've been able to really engage in a few topics which has been brilliant hopefully move the conversation forward delighted today to have a guest on i've mentioned all week that i've been looking forward to this one ben ellis is joining me to talk a little bit about conferences the format the utility the purpose the audience something that me and him have been having conversations publicly and privately about pre-pandemic so when we think about the way in which virtual conferences have changed that conversation or at least added to it felt smart for us to sort of talk that through a question i want to ask you guys before i bring ben on is to say what experiences you've had with regards to the virtual conferences but mainly i want to know not whether you've been to any or not and stuff like that it's more are they suiting the purpose you know do you go into that caring about the purpose of them right you know it's like networking education what what is it that you're trying to engage with them for and are they meeting those needs are they helping you achieve your goals or do you just not think think like that and actually it's something that uh, really uh, you just you just notice that that sort of piques your interest and you're not sure how really interested in your thoughts as we talk this through so without further ado let me he says well you should be a couple of clicks of a button ben ellis is here can you hear me mate i can hear you yeah good lovely well let's get stuck in then i want to get straight into your your thoughts and feelings about conferences and how that has maybe even as it changed or cemented your views um especially in the advent of, of this weird year we've had well i think i mean as, as you say we, we've talked before and i think that conferences have have a really important role um to play in a number of different aspects of of, of healthcare um but i think that they are often tied to a um kind of model that it, you know, it's really been around from like the 19th century, um, and and this idea that that the, the the way to share scientific discovery is through bringing like the sort of eminent minds of the field together into a room, and then people present ideas and sort of you know there's there's then a scope for questioning and critiquing them from the other people in the room, and that's been going on as I say for 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 you know like hundreds of years really. Um, and and it hasn't changed much. And so one of the the questions that I guess I've had and been been trying to, you know, just just look at other ways of doing things and, and kind of challenge some of the, the the status quo is is whether or not that is a model that's grown, as I say, out of sort of scientific conferences. Whether that really suits healthcare conferences. If we're looking at conferences as a source of CPD for practicing clinicians, does that model do do what it needs to do? And 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 can conferences meet the needs of these often two sort of disparate groups of people, researchers and and um, and clinicians, maybe also educators, maybe also you know more sort of policymakers. And 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 so a conference like the um, Physiotherapy UK tries. You know, to to meet the needs of this really vast group, and and maybe what we're seeing now with some of the changes to to virtual, um, is that it's it's easier to get more sort of access to distinct types of of CPD or conference material. Um, do do we? So does that change anything? Does that change anything? But should we be having a different com conversation now about what conferences need need to look like? Um, has has the paradigm shifted? It's some some of this stuff has has, has been disrupted. It's as as a, 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 a kind of necessity. This isn't a thing that I was 
so I'm, I'm going to keep talking. So feel free to to, to cut in if, if if I go on too much. But sort of, um, I think we probably talked before around. Uh, so uh, at the World Co World Congress of uh, Physical Therapy conference last last year, 2019, um, I, I took um, the unposter to that um, with um, Michael Rose, but part of the Inbeta project that that, that we run. Um, and the poster was was asking, do do we need any more conferences? That that was the poster. The poster was designed in a way to highlight the limitations of posters at conferences and um, so it didn't really have any content on it the content was generated through conversations we had at the poster and sort of uh, it and, and through the poster and, and move the content online so we were trying to make points about actually in in the 21st century with kind of digital communication you know the, the, the range of options that we have for that now that, that using conferences as your primary vehicle to transmit kind of new knowledge or information is 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 really not a good way to, to think anymore. Um, but that there's some really useful things about conferences because you get loads of a load of really interesting people in the same room with a shared interest at the same time, and actually being able to for then facilitate the discussion. Um, like conferences could move more towards that. Um, mm. And 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 so I guess now having kind of made that point, I, I had you know at that point it was inconceivable that we'd be where we are now a year later um, with all the disruption that's happened. Um, but it seems like, that, okay, this is a really good opportunity again to, to really push home that question and, and, and ask what the, what the purpose is. Um, and if, if the per once we've clear on the purpose, then how does the form and function of conference best reflect that purpose? So you were, you were at that point, far pre-pandemic, reflecting on the better integration of digital tools um, and a more thoughtful concept of purpose as to what that what any given conference should be. Uh, you then would never have thought about the rush job that would need to, to, to be done to somewhat replicate and attempt to replicate. And obviously I've been part of that um, virtually that that wasn't what you were thinking at that point, but has, has it been a positive in the fact that everyone's had to adapt that way or has it been that because of the circumstances meaning that it was sort of forced rather than sort of thoughtfully applied has that meant that there's just been new errors in your opinion whereby people have just replicated in-person conferences as much as they can online and not really given thought to better utility of, of tools um well, I, I just think it's, it's been a really interesting thing to, to, to watch and observe. And, and I think you can almost see the, the evolution happening in real time from, from the, the, the start of the um, pandemic, where we got this explosion in kind of um, webinars and, and, and you know, it's, it's quite easy to move sort of talking heads online. So, you, you know, you can, you can present to PowerPoint slides and people can listen to that. And, that, and that's very easy to do, to do over, uh, online. It's quite easy to have question and answer type things as well. You know, the chat function actually is, I'd argue, is, is a good way to sort of democratise some of these things you know it's much easier for more people to be able to contribute to those processes online um so we sort of saw the, the sort of the, the the initial switch so that there were some things that were already planned and had to make that switch and, and they would they were happen to op operate you know with the best they could with the tools available there were some things like therapy live which kind of kind of grew out of that so there there, there, there had been some plans for in person and it was like well we're going to change it a bit what can what can look different out of here and um, we obviously for, for our, our our own conference for in beta um had had planned a face-to-face -face unconference and then had to think well how do we do an unconference online and that for those of you who, who might not be, be aware of what an unconference is it's it's about again this sort of idea of sort of subverting and, and changing the hierarchy of the conference so it's much more participant led rather than the the content decided by a committee that then sort of sets out the program for, for people to attend um 
And then we've kind of moved. So there was there was this there, there was a load of people kind of going. Well, we were going to do this. Now we can't. What can we do instead? And so they already had a bit of a plan, and it was thinking, how can I make this plan work now in the online space? Quite rightly, um, and I'd, I'd even include things like Physio UK in that. Although the, the the time lag was was a bit bigger from the start of the of of, of the pandemic, um, there, there was a plan. The, the conference format already pre existed, and so it was about yeah. then finding the platform that allows you to do that. And I think then what is also going to be interesting to see is is from this point on. So as we get into next year. Um, I mean, A, do people just move back to face-to-face -to -face when they can anyway? Right. But do we start to see stuff growing out of this that now is saying, oh, well, actually, like we've seen the strengths and the limitations of the digital, you know, what a digital conference might look like. And we start to innovate a little bit and, and change it rather than just doing this replication, just getting the platform looking and feeling as much like a the face-to-face -face conference as it can do. Mm. Is, is that the best use of, again, the the, the, the sort of online or, or should we be taking the, you know, taking some bits that used to always happen face to face and, and shifting those online and leaving others face to face and, and just trying to to split things out a little bit more um yeah. is i think what's going to be interesting to see yeah that integration of the two and, and trying to work out what the what the best features of each is is, is going to be a, a really fascinating next take because replication has been necessity but has it been whereas things been have things been optimized and we can definitely talk about some of our opinions in that direction but also where where is it very much an obvious compromise that needs to not be then doubled down on as a new normal just for the sake of it, you know, when we are getting back to peacetime? Um, for those that are tuning in live, uh, I've said before, when guests are on, you're always quieter. But so the question we want to ask you and we want to get you involved in is whether or not you give uh, any thoughts, a sense of purpose uh, as to when you're engaging with online content or conferences, um, whether it be networking for education, for, you know, just it happening to be where there's uh, someone that you want to hear speak speaking um does that matter uh, and if it does then let us know whether you think it does i said on monday's show i was reflecting on the fact that this physio uk that they'd done in a virtual sort of sims like environment where you basically had an avatar and stuff that you drove around a virtual conference space and was very much as much they could do a, a like for like really in a, in a way of what they'd planned was something that i observed with interest for various different reasons including the fact that we'd looked at verbila software for therapy live and, not, and opted against it in part because we wanted to do a very education rich show including by recording content to decrease the educational waste that we were concerned about when people don't actually record and film these things and capture those moments in time as well as trying to do it on a scale that was unheard of and couldn't be done in person so that's one of the reasons we opted against it but then to observe what they'd done at physio uk they as close as they could replicated their style of conference through that software and it really did work for that you really could have private chats and go into private rooms and sit around on a bench and and and, and i imagine although not a researcher not an academic not an educationalist and, and only a bit of one hand in policy i can it wasn't for me as a clinician and therefore it's something that in my opinion that's how I see Physio UK conferences. And so with that said, I think it was a good replication. Now, I'm not then smuggling in the argument that that's what it should be for. You know, I think there's a, an interesting argument uh, when I think about it being there's about a thousand people on platform uh, on the Friday, I think a little less on the Saturday, although I wasn't really involved as much on a Saturday. We can talk about that maybe as, as well. Uh, whereas uh, if I'd have been there in person, I'd have been there in person. Whereas instead I had a ticket of which I didn't then take up in Parkside, other things to be doing. So I think that 
whilst it was a good replication, it still doesn't then, um, it still begs the question as to whether that is the right thing to do for Physio UK, of which is the flagship of a membership of, and Alex McKenzie announced 60,000 members. And so I'm not even going to do the quick percentages to try and work out who of them. And we don't know of the thousand, how many were members, how many were students, how many were therapists. We don't know the distribution of it. I also argue that we didn't know the professional delineation across neuro, respiratory, pediatrics, orthopedics, sports. And so you then were in this situation where you got this program in which even at, at, at best, you were then sessions were two, two dozens, at best a couple of hundred, of which isn't a crime in itself. But it's something that isn't at least meant to be the flagship conference for bringing a profession together in this instance or the membership body within a profession. And so that that I find interesting. I definitely want to get your opinion on. But an admission from me that compared to Physio UK Normal, they used the right software. They did the right thing to like for like transmit that as best they could. And despite some technical challenges, of which there were plenty, I was impressed with that. Yeah, so I, to be clear, I, I didn't attend. Um, so I, I, all I can sort of talk to is sort of what I saw from the from the outside. And from the outside, it looked, uh, as you described, that that this that was, you know, pr probably as, as good as it's going to get for replicating the that that type of conference in, in, in the online space, maybe until we've got like virtual um, virtual reality headsets in, in everyone's home or something. Do you know what I mean? You, you might be able to get something more immersive then. But, uh, you know, with, with the constraints of the technology as it, as it exists, it looked to me like they'd, that, they'd pick the right platform and, and they'd they'd replicated their plan. Now, the question then is like, is as you say, is, is that the right plan? So the reason I didn't attend, so I, I would have attended if it was face to face and I had a plan for what I was going to do, but my plan got ditched when it moved online because I didn't fit into the platform. So I was I was going to have a, a, a different type of unposter this time. I, I, and I'd, 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 I'd got a little area that um, I was going to have with some blank posters. And so the idea was is that these posters would be created over the course of the conference. So it was going to be led by participants who could um, suggest topics that they wanted answers to and then we'd try and crowdsource answers to like the most popular topics on the posters as the conference went on mm. um so you can see again I'm, I'm i'm trying to play play a little bit with the the, uh, the idea of posters i'm trying to use them as a as a source of conversation and and seeing the the, the kind of um, knowledge of the crowd um, as being a useful thing to try and extract from a conference rather than it just being who's the the expert speaker. I, I see so much stuff on um, social media and, and don't take this as a criticism because some of, some of it comes from, from you as well about like, look at this lineup, look at the lineup, look at that ex ex excellent lineup of speakers. And it's, it's almost like this kind of, you like, celebrity thing about the you know like what who who's who's the headliners for, for your conference and i'm a bit uncomfortable with that that doesn't really fit with 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 my understanding of of, of what might be useful at a conference that actually the people in the audience are as important maybe as the, as the people on, on the stage and it's about trying to sort of bring those conversations together and and and, and i know that's a, that's something that you, you'd share and i can understand the the importance of having a lineup to attract people to then get interesting people in the audience too so it works both ways hmm. Um, but um, where was I going with that? Yeah. So, so the having having kind of had this 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 bit of a plan that I was going to do, then moving it online onto this platform, that something like that just didn't fit. Like the platform couldn't accommodate what I what I wanted to, to do there, and so we we sort of lost that. And so that that seemed like a, a shame um, that you, you, you once you 
the, the, the technology is going to constrain it to some extent. You, you maybe don't have the flexibility that you, you have in, in a physical space to, to then do things and, and experiment a, a little bit. I think your point about the, you know, the breadth of it as well is, is, is a good and a valid one. And I think it speaks then to the, what I was saying at the start about, you know, is, is a conference the best format for CPD for clinicians? And, and you know, if, if it, uh, is the conference there to disseminate the latest research? If we're trying to disseminate the latest research, is the latest research the research that should be informing practice? Or should research that's informing practice be like a cumulative, a, a cumulative amount of research? You know, once we've we've sort of had several several data points to to kind of bring together on something, rather than the, the kind of kind of bleeding edge thing of like what's the what's the latest thing? Often that sort of cutting edge research is not the sort of thing that you want someone to go back and try and implement straight away in in, in their clinic. And so there there is this dual purpose. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I, I can I, I can I can Give you some, my thoughts about what what what, what I think a a, a a good way forward in there might be if if that's oh we can we can and we and we will I want to just uh, make sure that although not in a defensive or reflexive way I want to explain a little bit about what how I see it uh, with regards to the the sort of can can you flip can you flip the classroom on a, on a conference level and especially the scale and, and therapy mm. live stuff, especially with June's show is interesting because you know, me and you have spoken about the fact that, and we spoke on the, on physio matters uh, for those that haven't seen that episode, me and Ben get stuck into educational theory and stuff like that. And I think it did come up in that conversation about the fact that you, the speed and rate in which we did it meant that we complied within fairly traditional and somewhat didactic teaching methods. However, then tried to create a platform in which you could then retrofit a community in a very engaged, um, especially at the scale we did it, meant that it was, you know, I think argue, people argue that, that, that they were actually far, far more engaged, even though the format wasn't as much uh, panel and interview based, which we mixed it up a bit more. Therapy Live Sport, we did, we had uh, some keynotes, but we had some panel discussions, we had some interview sessions, we had some uh, pre-record as well with athletes and patients. And so uh, we tried to mix that up. But I think that I actually uh, can't see um, that it, I, I would, I, part of me would think that an instinctive argument would be, well, I'm, I, I'm, I have to comply within a here's the big lineup in order to, to get bums on seats. And then you're trying to create, create a community feel. And then in time, you won't need to do that. Admittedly, that would be a cop-out from me because I feel like that will always be a, a fairly leading edge Martin thing, in part because I think that, that that is where the headline speakers that are thought leaders that are giving a lot of time, their time is spent thinking in that direction as a specialist. I do not think that there is going to be a circumstance of which on and on that given day in that given context that the the egg, a random Joe blog sat in audience whilst of course they're of similar human value don't get me wrong they are not in that moment as important as person on stage and therefore it's well worth showcasing that talent in part because we need to make sure that there is a justified not celebrity gurus but there is a justified reward for people specializing in that space especially those that are volunteering their time to then share that knowledge if we disincentivize that we, we don't want it to be gurus and celebrities i agree and there's a way in which that gets carried away but if we don't at least have an appropriate name in lights for them to then step up to as well as be rewarded for the plaudits that come with that i worry that we would then end up um not having the 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 um the expertise that then people are going to lean into but also then share so uh, that's where that's how i sort of see it and it does map onto some of the ways in which i do see the world is we've got to sometimes use some of these things that can be pathological and can get we can get carried away but we also if we move too far away from them i think we do lose something as well 
Sure. And, and you know, I mean, I, 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 I totally acknowledge sort of trying to trying to market, I guess, the, 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 the kind of unconference things that we've, we've run within beta. Um, like it's it's that's a really hard sell to say to people come come to this give up two two days of your time particularly if it was going to be face to face come to a different country um you know get sort accommodation sort whatever i, I can't tell you what we're going to discuss I've, i don't have an agenda i've got a blank bit of paper at the minute and we're going to set an agenda at the on the morning of day one and from there like it will hopefully it'll be interesting because you know we, we hope that you're interested and that you're going to come with some some interesting thoughts like that the the, the kind of level of of faith you need in for, for that is 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 much much higher and and in some ways actually doing that online makes life easier because as as you kind of alluded to before the the you don't need the commitment is not quite so high online it's quite easy to go this is rubbish i'm gonna i'm, I'm just gonna leave and go and do some, something else you know you've, you've not traveled all the way somewhere mm. now that has downsides because it means yeah. that the buy-in is not as high and particularly if you're if, if if i'm advocating for more sort of active learning approaches and things that require some the, the participants in the audience to give more of themselves into it it then they they need to have committed some time you know for that to be to be worthwhile yeah, it lend itself to multi multitasking and it being in your phone and, and, and I, I, I see that do you, do, I want to just check though. Do you, do you know? Do you, do you know the kind of irony of the fact that your success, especially as it will grow and I anticipate it will grow, will be based on the individuals probably more so than a traditional format. So one of the ways in which you're going to be able to move people to different countries, maybe that yes, your case is not a roster or an agenda, but them some people I'd like to be in that room with. Is actually going to be the only draw, at least within a, a typical and traditional model. Yes, you've got speakers naming lights, but you've also got the topic. So even if they don't recognize the name, the topic might draw. Whereas with yours, I would say that not, not through it as a fault, but it will end up in time being person, uh, the, the, the people. Um, and, and if it'd be almost near impossible to market if you weren't actually to, to recognize who is going to be there. Um, I don't know if I'd agree with that because like who there, there's not there's not any way for for other participants to know who is going to be be present i guess they they kind of know that I, i'm going to be there <laughs> um and um oh, they know that I, they know the sense of there's no the sense of community who who are the frequent engagers with yeah, the sure. projects sure. they you know it's sort of that who were there last time so what yeah. i'm meaning is that if i think that you'd 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 struggle further to get people in a room if you said not only will you not know because we can't tell you, but actually, for some somehow we've done a ramble, random sampling exercise of physiotherapists in the world, and it just so happens that fifty of them are going to be in this room. People will be like, "I don't fancy that lottery." That's kind of what I'm getting at: is that the yeah, self-selection yeah. bias that will occur is part of its draw. And I don't think it's a criticism, by the way. I'm just meaning that it's uh, that these phenomena are just to be human, isn't it? It's not necessarily a, an inherent bias we need to correct for. I yeah, I, I I completely take what you're saying, and it you know what you end up with is is it, it works on a on a small scale and and it and it's and it's niche and um I, you know I, I couldn't even begin to think about how you'd scale that to sixty you know to twenty thousand whatever the, the the therapy live numbers were in there you know like it, we, we're talking about different things. Yeah. Having said that, I think again that there might be some 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 crossover. Um, and I, I'm I'm just seeing a, a couple of the the, co the comments in in the, the chat about sort of hybrid models. Um, and 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 we, you, you touched on that this sort of flipped approach before, um, whereby 
so let's say there is we we, we think more of of the the presentation side of a conference mm -hmm. as being like a kind of stim stimulus yeah um so that that seeds some ideas and 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 maybe that's a good area for for, for research to be in so the the presentation is about the the the, the research findings you know, and, and, and we've got our, our, our experts and our thought leaders and our, and, and our leading researchers doing something in a recorded fashion beforehand. And then it's about coming together and the discussion in the room is about, well, how, how do I implement that? So, okay, mm. you, you told me something really interesting there about the latest research for this type of injury, or you told me something really interesting about physio education, but how does that apply to my practice? How am I going to take that into the classroom? How am I going to take that into the clinic? Yeah. And and having the, that's where the, the, the kind of wisdom of the crowd, I think, comes in because people will have tried to implement various aspects of, of things similar to this into their practice. And being able to draw on, on that experience is, is really useful. And so this is where I think you can get to having a digital conference, which is, um, you know, the 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 initial thought the the presentations re recorded that could be live recorded doesn't really matter um and then you get smaller groups of people in a room together and they're sort of self-selecting and the, the whole idea of the own conference is whoever turns up is is, is the right people if, if you've bothered to come you, you're interested enough to, to to be contributing to this conversation um and also maybe that goes with some of this sort of um environmental and cost implications of conferences whereby you could have a sort of hub and spoke model so the, the the hub is the kind of digital online conference the spokes are that regionally you could have sort of you know places where people can come together to be engaged in some of these these conversations that might be happening so you you know you might only end up with 30 people in the room in um um, Birmingham or Manchester, do you know what I mean? But actually, the, you're having a conversation of, around the, these topics at a, a, a sort of manageable scale, drawing mm. on the local expertise that you have there. And, and and does that make it more likely for sort of collaborations and things to come out of that? Um, I'd, I'd suggest it, 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 it possibly does too. You, you know, so I, I think that, that those that's an interesting space where I'd like to see stuff move into. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, if that's that's. Uh, I'm going to sound like I'm just totally bandwagoning that. Although, funnily enough, me and you have been thinking both <laughs> publicly and privately about this together, and I can't help but wholeheartedly agree on that. That's how I see it, especially in a you know, if we ever can consider the world post-pandemic, we end up in a situation where that model of integrating the, the and optimizing the models is is really important because you can't you can't simulate a hug, a handshake, and a beer. And some of the things, the je ne sais quoi that comes from from that level of networking, especially with the you know, people with a common purpose, be that intellectually or otherwise, it's, it's, it's a special thing that is difficult and we shouldn't, I think, try to, to double down on that virtually. Uh, however, there is a certain amount of wastage and, and environmental concern, and as well as then the costs that make it more uh, of an access issue, particularly internationally. And so that that for me is where the, the magic will happen is if we can appropriately recognize what are optimal tools for each of the things and features that we want to try to replicate and that's where i think that, that it would be remiss if we didn't learn um how to best integrate them and that's where true innovation will lie not in the replication you know wholehearted replication of a format that once worked before but instead for that pick and choosing and and trying to integrate it appropriately um it, it brings with it uh you know a, a true network effect that will need to occur if you imagine that regionalized model of getting together face to face potentially to absorb and then reflect on content that might be delivered centrally that is something that 
will inherently mean that it decentralizes from governing committees because you're going to need those. Your spokes are going to need to be very involved and integrated because that's where the magic's happening. And I like that. I do think that that then further democratizes not just the participation, but also the organization and, and could be, um, I dare say, I, I feel that weight on my shoulders because we're probably well placed to do just that. And so here you heard it here, here first, folks. We will be trying something like that, including some interesting and innovative ways in which posters and other innovative works can be presented, but not necessarily relying on people to follow through with traffic passing a poster. Instead, we can integrate that into, into workshop formats to actually create material on the day. Thanks so much for the comments coming in. I know that they will flood in after the fact as well. And, and please do, as many have, email over or get in touch with me on my social media. I love this one that came in from Alistair Beverly saying it looked like a Wii Sports Resort. <laughs> That's the uh, sort of sit. I've, I've kept calling it like The Sims, you know, the virtual physio UK with these avatars and stuff. But yeah, Wii Sports Resort is a, a great shout as well. Many thanks, uh, Ben, for your time as ever, mate. And uh, this conversation will roll on. And um, I, you know, another another way for me to catch you live on air to say, I hope you will continue to to help us shape the future of uh, digital education. Uh, so I've got I've got you on the hook. Is that, is that a nod of your head? Yes, Jack. Of course, I'll happily tell you. That's great. Nice one. Tell people where they can find you. What's your Twitter handles, etc., and what's in beta? Uh, at Ben Ellis. Um, as in D-O-T, Ellis, uh, on, on Twitter. Um, uh, and yeah, Inbeta is a community of physio educators um, who do things like try and run and conferences um, and very occasionally podcast, but probably should do it more often, have some that, that need, still need editing to, 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 to go out. Um, but you can head to inbeta.uwc.ac.za. Um, um, Incredibly uh, catchy URL, isn't it? I think we better it's, post it's, that it's, one. It's, it's, it's a good one, yeah. The text, um, we should put that in text. <laughs> I've just remembered, you, you know, we probably could have started this conversation in third gear if you've ever published the podcast you did with me and Steve Tolan talking about this very thing about two years ago. So you're a bugger for that. Talking of educational wastage, you're guilty as charged on that, mate. But you do a lot of otherwise good work. <laughs> no worries. Thanks a lot for your time. Have a great weekend. And we'll see you again soon, mate. Cheers. Cheers, Ben.